MailChimp presents. This is Going Through It, a show about women who found themselves in situations where they said, nope, uh-uh, no thank you, and they made a decision to make a change and turn something around. I'm your host, Tracy Clayton. I knew I wanted to be in the movie since I was a kid, just didn't understand how it was going to happen. That's Tika Sumter. Tika is a model, producer, and an actress who's been in the acting game for over a decade now. But years before she would go on to get her big break on the daytime soap One Life to Live, Tika was an 18-year-old Black girl trying to figure out how to get into college. College was never really spoken about in my house, to be honest. It was like, finish high school... So Tika applied to Marymount Manhattan College, and for the first year, things were going great. Tika was enrolled in acting classes, and she was on her way to becoming the big actress that she dreamed of being. Until she got that bill. Bars. I get this bill, and it says $10,000. So $10,000 to a 17, 18-year-old who has no money is you can say it was $10 million because it was it was impossible that I was going to, I was never going to pay it. Woo, if there is one person who knows about those private school bills, it is me. It's like one minute, you're just minding your business, getting your education on and whatnot. And then the next minute, you're being told that you owe thousands and thousands and billions and millions of dollars. I mean, the horror and also the nerve. I can't learn this way. I'm stressed. They were like, so you either pay this or, you know, your classes are going to all be dropped. My mind just was like, okay, let me go and see how I can fix this. Let me remedy this. And I went to financial aid and they were like, yeah, no more financial aid. Your parents supposedly make too much. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? They My mom was a corrections officer at Rikers and she has five kids. And so she didn't have it. And I called my grandma. I called everybody to ask. And that was the last time I said I will ever ask anybody for money because it felt so defeating. And here's where things shifted. Something kicked in for Tika. It was just like fight or flight. I was like, okay, I have a certain amount of time to get out of this apartment, find a roommate on Craigslist, and get what's the quickest thing I can do to get money? Waitressing. And that's how it all kind of began. Doesn't it sound kind of like a film in the making? Girl goes to college, girl gets the bill, girl says, oh, hell no, I got to make this happen somehow. Tika had a college bill to pay, and she was tired of sleeping on floors. I needed to get a job, and I needed to feed myself, clothe myself, and have shelter. But I think my outlook on New York was just, it was a weird sense of excitement, like, I don't know what's going to happen. While Tika was waitressing, she was also networking, and she was partying. Come on, she's still 18 and, and youthful, got all that energy. And one day, a random conversation with Steven, who was the owner of a popular club, changed everything for her. One day he stops and he's like, Tika, what do you want to do? Like, what do you, what's your dream? And I was like, I'm pursuing acting. And he's like, do you have an agent? And I'm like, no. He's like, okay, there's going to be this woman, this agent meeting you, meet you at this office. And I want you to meet her so you guys can see if you vibe or click or whatever. Mm. Y'all got your popcorn and like a snack or something because this is getting good. This is some real life New York, New York drama that's unfolding here right now. Right. So Tika took Steven's advice and she marched right on down to that agent's office because she knew that an agent was the one thing that could help open some doors for her and open those doors fast. She's like, hi, I'm Rita Mazzella. You know what I mean? And then she's like, she's like, oh, my God, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Oh, my God. Um, so what do you, you know, t- tell me about yourself. And she gave me a chance. 
And if it wasn't for Steven, who introduced me to my first agent and saw something in me, and first of all, just stopped to ask a little black girl, like, girl, what do you, you don't want to just be partying. Like, what do you want to do? You know, and he asked me, and that's how I got my first agent. Now, these are the kind of made-it-in-New-York stories that I absolutely live for. As anyone who spent even a few hours in this city can tell you, this place is brutal. It can be really hard, and it's certainly not for the faint of heart. But Tika knew how big a dream she had, and she went for it anyway. That kind of persistence and faith is hella inspiring, y'all. I was so excited to hear how Tika's journey continued after she got that agent and how all of these life lessons are now skills that she cannot wait to share with her daughter. Ugh, I love it. Hope you're ready to be inspired. So I'm very, very fascinated by your hustleness. And first of all, first and foremost, because I cannot tell you the speed with which my black ass <laughs> would have been on something with wheels going home to my mama if I'm in New York City. And I wouldn't blame you. Like, wait, what? What? So talk to me about what those first jobs were like for you. Like, did you find the job that, like, helped you to stop worrying about money finally? It was weird because, you know, I, you know, picked up jobs here and there. Um, I remember one of my first big jobs. I remember, like, yesterday, it was for Curve Perfume. You can probably buy it in Dwayne Reed right now still. I for, remember Curve. <laughs> for Markdown at a dollar. Uh, <laughs> Or a TJ Maxx. Or a TJ TJ Maxx. Maxx. Shout out. <laughs> uh, but, and we were, they were pulling us in this taxi. And, you know, I, w- I couldn't believe I was in the middle of Times Square being pulled around to do this commercial. And I remember my mom seeing it for the first time. And she was like, what? What? Like, mm-hmm. this is real? Like, <laughs> she was like, wait, you can make a living doing that? Amazing. Right. And so that was like one of my first jobs I remember. And then I remember doing kind of like this after school, like don't do drugs kind of show, <laughs> you know, with actually somebody who used to be on. um, What's that first show that America Ferrer was on? Ugly Betty. Yeah. Um, it was Becky Newton. Me and Becky Newton were on this like after school program thing. We were best friends every time. And so uh I just remember like all these like jobs accumulating. And then the one job that like I never had to work another waitressing job, which was my Mm -hmm. first job ever, was when I booked One Life to Live. And the obviously the process has changed. Um, I remember circling newspapers to go and find my own acting jobs, even though I still, mm-hmm. you know, I had an agent, but I was just a hustler. It's like, oh, did you see this one? Did you see this one? And oh, I'm going to go to this open call and all these things. Um, and now, yeah, it's a little different, but I feel like there is nothing better than somebody seeing you and talking to you and feeling who you are because mm. I feel like that's how I became I've, I'm such a chameleon like I feel like I can be in any room and talk to anybody yeah because of my life experience and because I'm just I don't know there's a light that comes on mm-hmm. and that probably comes from uh shit all the struggle that black women have to do a lot all the time so ma'am all the coding all the bouncing in and out Woo! of different spaces taking out your braids putting them back in it's too much Put Ma'am, ma'am, way too much. <laughs> it's all we talk about unpaid labor. Okay. So <laughs> earlier you were talking about, um, well, we were both talking about like the way that it used 
to be in like the way that our mothers and our grandmothers are used to just like basically living and surviving. And this is like, you either go to school, you either get, or you get a job. If you're working a job you don't like, you do not quit that job until you have another job. And I feel sure. like creative fields, like acting, especially like all of that is like out the window, right? Like the process is different. Were you ever, were there, was there ever a moment where you were like, you know what, I'm on a limb that like, my folks have not been on with this acting thing. I wonder if I am going to follow my face because I don't have like a nine to five or whatever to fall back on. Yeah, I think that's true. Most of your acting life, mm. you know, until until you can continually compete and win it out every time mm -hmm. until it's a consistent job. I think you're all and even when it's a consistent job, we've seen those th those shows where we're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And it's like gone. Yeah. You know? But it's, it's so a scary. different level. It's scary. But then there's a different level of gone. It's like, oh, well, for me, when I booked One Life to Live, I, I remember quitting my job and walking out because I was crying because I felt so abused <laughs> mentally and just verbally mm. by the patrons that were visiting. And I said, I'm done with this. I said, God, I have done everything you told me to do. I've been auditioning. I've been taking classes. I've been doing everything mm -hmm. right. Like everything, mm -hmm. you know, and, and living in apartments with no furniture. <laughs> like I've done it all. Yeah. Living just, and I'm like, I'm so tired. Like speak to me. And <laughs> right. at the time, actually, I, I was dating this guy who was an editor and he knew how miserable I was. And he's like, Tika, just, you know, he's like, go follow, which this has never happened to me in my life. Mm -hmm. He was like, look, I can, I can like make sure we're good. You know, he's like, go and follow your dreams. Like give yourself three months to like really go and like focus everything you can on acting and I'm like what and he's like I got the, I got the bills and the finances and that's ma'am ma'am what yes um <laughs> I have so many more questions number one wait, is wait. He, this is not your husband right number two is he single number three is he's, he not is he he's happy? not my husband <laughs> and he's <laughs> He's not my husband and he's no longer single uh, but he really there. just the the <laughs> Just most women in general and most black women don't ever get somebody saying, go and follow your dreams. I got you. Don't worry about it. This is why I watch reality TV, honestly. I'm like, let me see what oh my the God. housewives of all the rich people are doing because I will never. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never know what this tastes like. That, or you or or you will or what? you'll or some, you know, or an option. option. Or you just have all your own stuff and you like, I got it. I'm, I'm out. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Did my therapist so, send you to correct my negative thinking? Ma'am, I was like, uh, in Jesus' name, no, you won't. Uh, so, but yeah, and so he was like, I got you. And I was like, okay. So I'm crying down the street or whatever. This is before I get home and before he tells me all these things. And it was like out of a movie, my agent calls me and she goes, you booked One Life to Live. Mm -mm. It was like a day or so later. And I'm. it's it's a sunny day. It was summertime. And she's like, she, she, she goes, you booked One Life to Live. You are a contract player now. And I was like, God, wow. is this what it takes me screaming at you? <laughs> <laughs> I should have yelled at you years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I didn't even need his offer. You know what I mean? Wow. Like at all. I didn't even need it. But the fact that he offered, I was like, I don't even know what that is. But thank you. <laughs> um, and I booked a job literally days later. Amazing. This is such a great segue, too, to talk about money, because, like, I don't know what I would have done in that situation where he was just like, you know what? 
money. I got it. Don't worry about it. I feel like I'd have been like, thank you, but I should keep like a little job just in case. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Because like the thought of just like not having money coming in, especially in this city is terrifying. I don't know what um, your relationship with money was like before, but like once you were starting to like get like paid, paid, like capital P paid, how did you learn how to manage it? How did you learn how to have money? I learned that I didn't want to lose it and I didn't I didn't want to be struggling like I was. Like Amen. I knew that I'm a saver in general. Mm-hmm. Like I buy nice things, but like when I buy something, it's it's specific and it's and it's like functional. It's like real estate. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like yeah, sometimes I'll buy nice shoes, but like shoes aren't my thing. Like I like sneakers really. Like mm-hmm. but not like I'm not standing online and I'm not paying $2,000 for a pair of sneakers. Like never. Like I just wouldn't do it. But like there are things that I like. Right. But I know that too shall pass Mm -hmm. and it's not going to benefit my future. I don't know how I learned because I was never taught. Here's your checkbook. Here's Mm -hmm. your. I just knew that. I never wanted to go to a grocery store again and start counting how much money I had in my account and if I had enough to cover it. Mm. And I remember the anxiety being in line counting like how much I had in my account or Mm -hmm. being declined Mm -hmm. or saying try it again or taking stuff out of the of the um, cart because it wasn't enough. So I knew Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I knew I did not want to be in that position. And even now I have some PTSD with that, even though I know what I have in my bank account. I have PTSD sometimes, like going to giving my card and being like, oh my God, is it going to go through? <laughs> yeah. I I think it was just the fear. Mm-hmm. Fear yeah. taught me how to manage my own money. Yeah. I just, there was just so much I didn't know about money when I was in college during like the four most expensive years of my life. I'm just writing checks and I don't know where they're going to. And I don't know like this, that, and a third. And applying for those credit cards that they were standing out front with. Like you you mean this is free money? (laughs) Free plastic money is what it felt like. Um, So (laughs) my question is what lessons about money will you teach your daughter? Especially considering everything that you were not taught when you probably need to have known it and found out later. Like what are the most important things for her to know? Don't spend money you don't have. Um, Don't count on a check before it is actually in your bank account. Mm. Balancing a checkbook is important. Signing your own checks is also important. Always. Mm. Yeah. So those are some of the things I would teach Ella. I mean, I it doesn't surprise me like just this conversation alone and just like reading your story. It doesn't surprise me that you were able to push through having a $10 million student loan like at all, because like there's definitely like a spirit and a hustle nature that you have to have. Um, How do you take care of yourself? Because, I mean, being like that high energy and having that drive sounds really draining and exhausting. Like, exhausting. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just put myself on a... um. 10 p.m. I must be in bed because I I was oh my god I bedtime exactly I was going to bed at 3 a.m. and it was bad and it wasn't healthy so Mm. that because I wake up earlier right and I feel alive and I go for a long walk now Mm -hmm. in the morning I make sure I have I'm not a big breakfast person but I make sure I have this bomb oatmeal that I make (laughs) and I make sure that I I take baths you know, mm, baths like uh, sitting down, soaking baths, not just like soaking. 
No, soaking baths, mm-hmm. like whatever amount of money you have, like it is so important to take a second for yourself. It and really I know is. people have a lot of responsibilities, but if you don't care for yourself, you really can't care for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do anything else, let alone like, do caring for people. Yeah. And and you're just working in a state of just going all the time. Mm-hmm. And I understand that mentality because I've had to do it and people have to do it. And my mom had to do it. But she had her nights out, you know, where she went out. And, and I was like, what? What, are you doing? <laughs> what is this? What is this? What are you wearing? What? Where am I going? What is this? Where are you going? You can't right, wear that exactly. to church. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I feel that in my soul. I don't even have yes. kids. I'm just yes. like, yes, I get it. What about moments where like you're like in your head and you're just like not feeling confident or like great or like you can do it or just like kind of doubting yourself? Is there a pep talk that you give yourself in those moments so you just kind of just kind of sit and feel it until it goes away? Yeah, I have those probably once a month. (laughs) Is that all? I'm jealous. (laughs) Yeah, no, I have, but I have them strong. Yeah. Strong sensations of like everything is not working. You know, nobody likes me. Mm -hmm. No, you know, it's like these strong sensations of like, oh, like, like just like not feeling worthy mm-hmm. of the life wherever you are that you created your, for yourself yeah. or the job that you actually got and were excited to have it when you first got it. Mm-hmm. Like you just feel like everything's falling apart and nothing is working and nobody likes you and just all these things. And it's like a wave. It's like a deep wave. And if I don't get up and move, like I find myself, if I don't exercise or walk out or walk mm-hmm. around or listen to some TD Jakes or something, <laughs> right. He gives me my pep talk because I'm like, I ain't, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. <laughs> you, that's you know what I'm saying? Outsourcing is what my therapist taught me. When you ain't I got it, somebody else does. Somebody else does. Mm-hmm. A thing that my therapist told me about, like the little voice in your head that like super like fucks me up in a good way. She was like, well, what do you think this voice is like trying to get you to do? Does it just want you to fail? Does it just want you to just like, what? And I was like, well, I think it's keeping me safe from things that I'm scared of. And um, she was like, well, what if you say to that voice, you know, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to help me. Thank you. But I got it. And I was just like, oh, I like that. Whoa, you can do that. Oh, my gosh. I tried it you and can. it worked at least once. I need to practice it. But yeah, it's something to do. It's something it, there. I, I'm going to use that. Yeah, let me know how so it goes. I see, what you, I see what you're saying, saying, but no. <laughs> right, I right. am doing that. <laughs> I hear you and all, but <laughs> thanks yeah. for coming. Because sometimes the voice is like not negative. It is trying to, pre- there's, in- I feel like there's a difference between intuition and then negative thoughts that yeah. are impacting your brain and overwhelming you. Mm-hmm. So we all know we need to listen to intuition. But sometimes I'm talking more about like the negativity. Just like the straight up demon. Straight up type. Okay. Just gotcha. demon. Got gotcha. you. Demons cannot stay. You must nope. leave. Okay. Must. Speaking of demons and deities and such, I have a question for you, right? Or yeah. I have a hypothetical situation for you. So yeah. let's say that said deity is like, um, we're going to have to redo the whole college period of your life, right? Okay. But I will let you either do it the way that you already did and drop out of school or you'll be able to afford to stay in college. Which would you choose? Oh, man, that's hard. Because I do want to finish college. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I always am enamored by people who have went to college, especially like a, um, a historically black university. Same. And I'm like, oh, I wish I went to Howard or Spelman or one of these things. And just that experience and the amount, the, the beautiful minds that you're surrounded with. But I honestly would rather relive my life. Yeah. Because it created such 
a force for me. Like, I don't just feel that way because of the stuff that has come to me. I feel that way because I feel strong inside. Like, Mm. I feel like I can make real decisions about my life or for my child. I feel like I can really teach something. I feel like I have stuff to give. Right. 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 And so I would relive all of it because I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. I would not change one person I dated, one person I just had a romp with, you know, uh, one person I just kissed in a club, one uh-huh. person that I, you know, whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't change not having furniture, not being able to pay rent, being anxious. I just feel like those things created who I am and it just made me for a stronger person and and more equipped to like talk to Ella about yeah. what's, what's necessary in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling that you would say that, but yeah, yeah. Thank you. Of course, of course. I mean, I it helps me to hear people say that they would do the hard shit all over again because uh it kind of helps me get through hard shit like tomorrow, you know? It's just like knowing that there are people who can like appreciate all the tough shit that they've gone through because of what they got from it. You know, yes. it always it always helps you keep going. So well, it makes you feel less alone. Yeah. Right? That's it. That's Nail what it is. Head. It makes mm-hmm. you feel less alone. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I have one more question. Um, okay. This is a bit of advice for someone who is not me at all. Um, <laughs> my name is Tracy. This is my friend Stacy. I know it sounds coincidental. <laughs> I know. Get it all the time. Uh, <laughs> so you definitely know and understand what it takes to push through tough situations and how hard it can be to do so. And so my friend Stacy, you know, she's had a couple of uh, career curveballs thrown at her, you know, which I mean happens in life. But when this happens to Stacy, she kind of gets a little discouraged and, you know, it's just kind of hard for her to just like get back up, get back on the horse and do it again, especially because a lot of times when you fail, quote unquote, or you feel like you fail, you lose trust in your ability to like keep yourself safe and to like push yourself Mm. through things. Um, At least this is what Stacey says. I don't know. Um, So the question is, what advice would you give her to keep pushing forward? Even though everything in her body is saying, sit your black ass down Down. and do something (laughs) else. Like just, just, it's an option. You, You can sit down, just sit down. What would you tell her? I would tell her, what is what is the voice telling her to sit down and do? Is it telling her to sit down and rethink her plan? Right? Mm-hmm. Is it telling her to sit down and just don't follow her dream? Is it telling her sit down, get this steady job and follow your dream at the same time while you're working your craft while you're working, you're also working your craft or whatever that is mm-hmm. that you want to become, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's really important sometimes if you have a second to really sit down and think out what you want rather than Uh just kind of going all over the place, right? Uh Even though I was all over the place in New York, I knew what I wanted. I Mm. literally remember making dream boards. You know what I mean? Like I knew what I wanted. I might've been all over the place, but I knew what the goal was. Mm -hmm. So I would say, what is your biggest dream? And fight for it like it's nobody's business. Mm -hmm. And- Here's the thing. We trust that the air is going to be here tomorrow every day. Right. And we just we're going to you got to know. I I feel like stop being so violent with ourselves. We tell ourselves all these thoughts and things that we are sometimes our own worst enemy. And we talk ourselves out of things before we even can get started. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say, yeah. And I would say just stop being abrasive with yourself and try to love on you 
and and gentle. Be more gentle. Care yeah. because the world's going to be abrasive enough. We don't need mm-hmm. you and the world being like, I can't. I'm not. I don't. I can't. Mm-hmm. I would have, could have, should have, but like, no. Like, really, really, really sit down, Ooh. figure out what you want, write out a plan, right? Continue to work your job or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. but know that you are a child of God, man. And I don't feel like these whispers would be whispered into you or all this talent of whatever way it manifests would be put inside of you just to be wasted away. And I'm not saying everybody's going to be a super duper star or at the top, but they're meant to be used in whatever way that comes out the washing. And so I would say, go from there, Stacy. Mm. Stacy is going to be so happy to get this answer. <laughs> I just know she is. Um, <laughs> that was great. That was great. I'm always amazed by like how much stuff starts, but just having a plan and how often I or Stacy just doesn't have a plan, you know, it's just, a plan, a novel idea. Oh my God. A plan is a plan will help you pay off your bills. Woo! I tell you, when before I had any money, I remember having <laughs> a ton of debt from credit <laughs> cards, from like applying for credit cards in front of the college or just like yeah, debt. And I remember a bill collector calling me, and it mm-hmm. was this I could tell he was a black man. And he's like, Listen, we can get rid of all of this stuff. He's like, if we knock out one thing at a time. And literally I had every bill lined up and I took the 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 smallest bill first and started paying it down. And I started, yeah, and I'm talking yeah. throwing $10, $15 at it. And then little by little until I paid off that $10,000 Marymount bill. That had to feel great. Like, and I got to pay that off because of One Life to Live. But I'm telling you, a plan will n- allow you to knock out so many things you thought were just an uphill battle for the rest of your life. Mm, mm. Well, I feel motivated to do plan something. I don't know. It might just be a bowl <laughs> of cereal, but I'll be like, step one. Uh, hello. Get out the bowl. <laughs> step two. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so great and beautiful. I want to know what you're up to now. I hear great things about Sugarberry and there's a podcast. What do the people need to know? The people need to know my business partner and I, Ty Randolph, launched a lifestyle brand called Sugarberry.com. Mm-hmm. And it's a celebrating br- uh, brown moms and motherhood or if you're at the intersection of career, motherhood and um, just life. Right. Uh, three years ago, I had a child and I just didn't see myself in a lot of places where motherhood was. I think black motherhood was just about surviving and not thriving. Yes, yes. Well, I'm sold. I don't have kids and don't think I want any, but this feels like Amen. exactly where I need to be to like, I just, I'm sold. I'm in. I'm in is what I'm trying to thank say. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been just such a, like a little ray of sunshine inside my I'm coronavirus happy. blanket for it that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're doing the thing and I'm really proud of you and I love watching you and you know, such a fan. Seriously, um, you're doing it. Aw, thank you. Um, no, you're fantastic and you're brilliant. And so just make sure you tell yourself that every day. Seriously, Aww. you really are. I will I will work on it. I really, really will. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. So Tika took some really big risks in doing what she had to do to make her dreams come true. And I would like to think that I am capable of doing the same thing, but I'm going to just be real. I don't make great decisions all the time. And um, I got enough trouble just being a black woman in America, you know, so not really a big risk taker over here. But 
I wondered what my homegirls thought about taking risks. So we got together over the internet because of COVID, of course. And I asked them, are you a big risk taker? All right, well, cheers, everybody. Cheers to technology. I mean, I am all risk. Oh, really? <laughs> Don't dip your toe in, just jump. <laughs> oh, wow. Like I moved when I was 25, I moved to um, Canada. I li- lived on a mountain. I had 600 Canadian dollars in my bank total. What? I didn't know anyone. I met people on the plane who I ended up living with for a year. I didn't have money for a, a house deposit and they lent me money <laughs> to live. So I am all about risk. Like some of my, the best things in my life have been from just like, hey, let's give it a go. I'm looking at Brittany's face and she's like, <laughs> what? I, this is the thing. I'm like, I will do it. Like I will take the risk. But the whole time I'm like, oh God, like, I'm like, no one's making me do it, right? This is all by my choice. And I'm like, oh girl, ooh, I don't know about this decision. Or like, oh, this doesn't feel good. I don't like it. Like, so like, I'll do it, but I'll be complaining the entire time like my head like my head is very much like girl don't do this but like my gut is like no 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 no. press forward there's a way when I look back over my life like there are really big risks that I've taken but like I will stay in the house for I don't know how many days if I just like have a feeling that like somebody is outside who might try to snatch me up or somebody might try to kill me today I'm staying in the house you know what I mean so I guess it's the way that I'm thinking about like risks, because there's a risk of doing something big that will enhance your life and the risk of like going zip lining, which I don't know, maybe I can be peer pressured into it. But what I do about myself, nah, when he says no. I think that risk needs um, rebranding. Does it? If it's like moving to a city you don't live in, you don't, you're not from, taking a job that you're, you don't feel that confident in or, doing like big moves. They are like career progression or life progression, but people, certain people see that as a risk. So we just need to rebrand risk. Invest in yourself, that's not a risk. You're believing in yourself, it's self-belief. So I think it's just that risk needs rebranding. Ooh. Miss Red Table Talk (laughs) over here. Thank y'all so much for tuning in and hanging out with me again. It always thrills me when you come and say hi. Going Through It is an original series made in partnership with MailChimp and Pineapple Street Studios. Executive producers for Going Through It are Jenna Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, and Agaranesh Ashagre. Shout out to the producers of Going Through It. Our lead producer is Josh Quinn. Production by Jess Jupiter and Janelle Anderson. Our editor is the root beer to our vanilla ice cream, and her name is Leela Day. Also, thanks to the voices that you heard sound off in this episode. Hey, DJ, you know what I'm going to say. Let's hear those names. Brittany Luce. Renee Richardson. Our original music is by Dawood Anthony, and our engineer is Hannes Brown. Special thanks to Eleanor Kagan for being the alpha and the origin of this entire party. Stay in touch. You can find me on the socials, such as Twitter and Instagram, at Brokey McPoverty. Please remember to tell your friends and family about the show. Make sure to rate and subscribe to Going Through It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever free podcasts are sold. That's the show for this week. We'll see you next week. Thank you.